our way out of our price range. When the business is good, we are going to have the yeah. greatest house. It's beautiful. This is an amazing house. You are going to love it. Holy. This is the deal of a lifetime. So, what's the catch? There was a crime, a, a murder. In the house? And several people, a family. Accused claims he heard voices coming from within the house. Well, houses don't kill people. To a perfect house into a perfect family. <laughs> Who are you talking to? The girl who lives in my closet. And what's her name? Jody. What's the matter? I'm just seeing things, I guess. Why don't you come back to bed? I can't sleep. There was a family lived here some time ago. They had a similar problem. I'm living at their house. We need to get out of here. Just pack up and go. Everything we have is in this house. It's okay, Mommy. Jody won't hurt you. But the man who lives here, he says he's bad. Welcome, everybody, to Ian Hates Movies. My name is Kelly. And my name is Ian. Yay, Kelly! <laughs> it was all different. Aw, thank you, thank you. In honor of the Emmys, I decided to speak tonight. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the Emmys are on tonight? I believe so. It's 7 o'clock. Wow. No, I, I seriously had no idea. Yeah. Are we winning one? Can Actually, we win ours Emmy? would have been last weekend if we would have been the creative Emmys, which is not broadcast. Oh, so we did win something. I think it's in the mail. I get an Emmy for sound effects use. Very good. Voice over work, special <laughs> effects, whatever. I am very, very good at this. So yes, I put out some promotion today. We finally let people know what movie we were going to be talking about. So, Kelly, would you like to make that announcement? I know he's shirtless and chopping wood, which could be Green Lantern. That's, I believe, 2005 Amityville Horror. Yes, it is the remake of the 1979 version of the Amityville Horror. So now, you said you had looked up a couple, right? You had seen a couple. Did you know there's a whole fucking list of these movies? Shocking. It goes from... The Amityville Horror, then Amityville 2, The Possession, then Amityville 3D, Amityville 4, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Amityville 4, The Evil Escapee. Jaws 3 was 3D too, wasn't it? Is, is that the, yeah, I think so. That works? Okay, cool. That became a trend. 
That is right, for sure. Apparently. Yeah. Didn't they do like an Anaconda 3D or a Piranhas 3D or something, but it was only the second one? How dare they? <gasps> they couldn't even wait till the third. You got to follow the track. rules. I know. All right. So that's not even the end of the list, by the way. Then you go into the Amityville curse. Amityville, it's about time. I think that's the funniest. I think that's the Wait, funniest th- these are getting cheesy like Jason and, and Freddy here. Like the, the, their names are just kind of like, I don't know, put extra words after Jason. Like it doesn't yeah. really mean anything. Well, what I'm hoping is I'm hoping there's some version of time travel in it. A family oh, moves in. Yeah, and then they, they go <laughs> back in time to when the DeFeos were murdering people. Like that's what I want from that one. But that one came out in 1992. So who knows? It could be amazing. We just don't know it. So is there a box set on Amazon? I have to look this up. I mean, I wouldn't spend money on it if there was. But, you know, (laughs) eBay, I could bid on it for like five bucks. No, that's true. We're not even done, Kelly. We're not even done. There's still Amityville Dollhouse, Amityville The Haunting, the Amityville Asylum, Amityville Death House, which kind of like, (laughs) I guess they ran out of words to say, the Amityville Playhouse, and coming in 2017... Amityville, The Awakening. There it is. I was waiting for The Awakening. Yep. It has to. I mean, they have to redo. They have to jump this franchise again, right? Wait. How many is that? Oh, I haven't been counting. Okay. Because um, is that more than like Freddy and Jason? Because they have a decent amount each, too. Freddy and Jason technically have 10 each, right? I think. So we just did. So 15, I think. Unless I wow. added one to that. That's impressive. Sad. So like, wait. So, yeah, but the total budget for all these movies was like what? 2005 <laughs> had a budget of like, what was it, 20 million or something? And it like. 19. 19. 64. Oh, I thought it grossed like 100 something. No domestic. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah. And it definitely. And that's actually kind of the surprise is I thought that after this one really did very well for what it was, I thought they were going to do more that would go to theaters. All these other ones were direct to DVD. $5 at Walmart? I think I'm going to have to go search around. <laughs> I think the about time one is has to be the best. It just sounds so great. <laughs> but yes, this is the redo with Ryan Reynolds and Chloe Grace Moretz, which I did not know who that was when I originally saw this when I was a kid. No idea. Yeah. I don't know. Kelly, what, what are your first impressions of the film? And what do you know about the backstory of the Amityville Horror? I've not seen the original. I've not seen the 1979 one. The original reason why I saw this movie was pretty much for all the naked scenes in the trailer, which which worked for me. That's fine. I have a theory uh, on that, too. We will talk about. Uh, but I also like the he was still sporting the um, Blade Trinity look. That, w- that was fun for me as well. The beard. Um, <laughs> and the naked. Um, <laughs> you got me distracted now with Blade Trinity. Uh, no, no, no. Said I have no not seen. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen the 1979 one. I was slightly familiar. I knew this happened. Uh, supposedly, this is uh, based on a true story of a house in New York that had some sort of demonic possession. Of course, it also gets into the original architect of the house and how he did evil things, and that's why the you know sacred hollow ground. Blah blah blah. My my other thing with this is that I. I'm a huge fan of um, Poltergeist, and I was kind of expecting that level of it, and it, it was kind of boring in comparison. Boring? Like how? They didn't pull well, it, someone into a TV and go into another realm? Like, it was one of the, so in the description of it on Wikipedia and on IMDb, is it, you know, it, it says that they keep having these supernatural events, and ghosts, you know, showing up in vents or coming out of, like, walls isn't, it is supernatural for me, but I'm expecting, like, 
you know, I was holding it against poltergeist. I'm expecting shit to fly around or things moving that shouldn't be moving. Like, that's more creepier to me than seeing a little girl in a closet. Well, in the original, which I did see, it's just been a really, really long time. But in the original, there is way more than that. It's like levitating beds and this ooze that follows them and a bunch of different stuff moves at different times like someone has their hand outside of a window and the window actual window itself comes down so fast that it injures the person's hand like things do happen in that one that's more poltergeist-ish it's okay so that i'd go it's more exorcist-esque because the same well, time period. they do have a lot and also in the first movie there's a lot more with the father with the preacher guy that comes over and helps them that happens way more in the original movie than the short scene in this one so why do you think they took all that stuff out because i don't make this more realistic well the reason obviously this movie is a cash grab there's no other oh no yeah it's obviously a cash grab and then also since they had the better special effects they wanted to do things they wanted to have blood going through the walls and going over the lights they wanted to do the quick jump scare cutscenes. they wanted to do all that bullshit that a movie like this doesn't really need no but it was just for cash and they you know they tripled their money so they made it back right oh yeah but I mean, it's really hard for horror movies not to make. Cause, I mean, they're that's the that's the perk of horror movies is they're incredibly cheap to make, depending on obviously who you're casting, and especially if you release them now through you know Halloween, they, that's what you do. It's you know. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing by movie. doing horror movies on the show now. <laughs> it's because everyone's well. That, but in we the also movie. have some like kind of epic. I mean, it's Scream's twentieth. Is that what you said? Yeah. Screams 20. Yeah, like that's, we got to cover that stuff. For sure. I look, this movie's fucking hilarious. This movie, <laughs> I laugh out loud multiple times while watching this. So it's not a, oh, you're going to hate yourself for, you know, watching this. It's fun. It's, it's got some camp to it. And you can question all the time, like, why don't they just leave? <laughs> why, why don't, why are they staying? There's no reason for them to stay. <laughs> just go. At any fucking point. So that's always the fun of a movie like this as well. And I'm I'm not a haunted house person. I think this is a genre that should go away. I don't think horror movies need it. That's why those paranormal activity movies are garbage. Yeah, but what's the difference between a haunted house and a ghost movie? Aren't those one and the same? That's what, I don't like them. See, my whole thing is if there were such things as ghosts, even though I swear I've seen two of them in my life when I was, <laughs> when I was younger, ghosts are so selfish They're the definition of selfishness. So you would think you would see them so much more in your life, right? That's the point of ghosts is they are never there to help. They are only there to hinder and they only care about themselves. And no one talks talks like that, but that is what a ghost is. It's a very, very selfish human that's been taken up like many, many notches. And they're there to bore you with their own fucking shit. It's... (laughs) That's what a ghost is. I swear, I'm turning the whole industry. I'm turning the whole industry on its head right now. Pretty much, yeah. Yes. Believe me, when we talk about the ghosts in this movie, they're just dick bags. They're <laughs> that's what they are. They're dick bag ghosts. And I, I don't know what else to say about it. That's the way it is. So yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan because I don't get why certain things have to follow certain rules and others don't. For example. Well, we're kind of skipping ahead into this movie, but so the backstory of this, and we'll, we'll do a whole lot of stuff with this, but the whole point of what's happening is that George Lutz married Kathy Lutz 
after she had three children and their father died. Their original father has passed away, right? Yes. So here's my thoughts on this. If you go to a house that is supposedly haunted, and in this one, there is no doubt that's the whole point is it's definitely haunted. That's, you know, we're not going off of whether this was a true story or not. In this movie, this house is haunted. It is the house. Right. So if there are ghosts in this house, why can't, if the father is dead, and if there are ghosts, that means there should be some type of a heaven or a hell or whatever it happens to be. If this father is dead, why can't the father come back and fucking help his children? Yeah, but do you want to get into the whole religious aspect behind that? Well, so are you telling me? Explain all that stuff. Are you telling me the girl ghost in this movie was such a dick as a kid that she didn't deserve to go to heaven? No, no, no. It's a troubled soul. So it's one of those you're caught in purgatory because of the way you died. There might have been something else that you don't know about. But she's there as she's almost a she's almost a guardian angel, which is I'm using that term extremely lightly. Ghost bitch. But she's there to to warn whatever comes into the house. I mean, that's her main purpose and i don't even think so i think she's a fucking bitch and she is the reason why most of this stuff happens she does not help anybody she that is one of her things is she does not help anyone and only gets everyone in trouble multiple times yeah but you gotta think though you're being helped by what a four-year-old they're doing the best they can oh no no she's a malicious bitch there there is no there is no goodness there is no goodness in this girl for instance so Chelsea, ugh, gross name, I know, but Chelsea is the name of Chloe Grace Moretz. She's like, what, eight, ten, something younger? Five, Five? six. I have no fucking idea. I don't know how old these people are. <laughs> the little girl. At one point yeah. in the movie, she goes, hey, I'll go get my teddy bear because she's hungry. And the next scene is, you know, the Lutz is getting back, the parents getting back to the house, and she's up on the top of the fucking house, tightrope walking on the fa- on the roof right, because but you remember. because Jody the bitch ghost girl wanted to take her to her father by killing her by having her jump off of the house so right. how was Jody hel- helping again cuz she's saying that she wants to see her dad like that's and of course at a 4 year old okay so that's how we fixed the problem cuz that's how I'm going to take you to see your dad how was she helpful in locking the babysitter in that closet I don't even want to ruin that scene because we're going to talk about that. The babysitter was a bitch. It's one so of my favorite scenes. Was... That babysitter was so fucking skanky hot. It was amazing. <laughs> I was like, wow, and they're in the 70s right there. Yes, it was. And the parents didn't all seem to care. To one. Yep. No, at all. It's totally cool. She's fine. Yeah, it was awesome. Jody, the ghost, does not help them in any way whatsoever. And she mentions multiple times that the other ghost makes her do bad things. Right. Which is bullshit. That's out of her control. Use your fucking ghost powers against him. What was he, the last three seconds of that movie? She's trapped there too. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. I think if you're a ghost, you should be able to work through your shit. Like You have plenty of time to do it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole trapped in purgatory. You can't help yourself. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. I think you can use your ghost powers and help yourself. They're so fucking selfish. That's all they're thinking about is themselves. They should be able to do whatever they have to do. Just saying. Just saying. And I have a lot of feelings and opinions on this movie, too, and the dynamics of the American family and everything else that we're going to go through. 1870s American family. Oh, yes, indeed. But one thing I did want to mention. So I had forgotten that this house is in its 112 Ocean Avenue in Long Island, New York. And there's a song by Yellow Card that I can never listen to the same way again. This song is called Ocean Avenue. 
Okay, so that was just a taste. It's so poppy, and one of my bands used to cover that song, and I forgot. I completely forgot that that was Ocean Avenue, and now it's just a whole new meaning to me. Completely new meaning, which I very much enjoy. I mean, look, it's also in Long Island, and trust me, Kelly, I've known some ghouls from Long Island, if you know what I mean. But um, <sighs> Okay. Oh, I also have one more band thing, too. I also think Amity Affliction all the time because of Amityville Horror, and this is Amity Affliction. Oh man, so good. So anyways, there you go. There's the background of everything I think of with Amity Affliction, Amityville Horror, Ocean Avenue, everything in between. So yes, we are going to go over every aspect of this movie because it is pretty damn funny. And hold on though, I know this is a lot of special effects, but Kelly, what time is it right now? I believe it is 3.15. Scary. Dun, 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 dun. So for people that don't understand, everything bad technically happens or weird things occur at 3.15 a.m. every single night at the Amityville Horror House. So that is why Kelly and I are doing the show at 3.15 a.m. on Sunday night. So Woo! I know, right? Well, I mean, that, that goes into... That's the witching hour. I mean, that's that's a big deal in most of the Exorcist movies as well. It's from three to four, demons are allowed to walk the earth. That's the whole point, is it's when they're most powerful. Do you like those movies? I don't like possession movies. Some are fun. I like the religious aspect of it. That fascinates me. Well, then you this like... this is an actual thing that, like, this is this is a real thing in Catholicism. And, a multiple, and multiple other religions as well. So then you like this movie, then? I found this movie interesting. It had the priest been in it more, I probably would have found it more interesting. Oh, you mean the worst character in the movie and the biggest yeah. coward of all Pretty fucking much. time? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to him. For people that don't know, and I think we, we briefly touched on it, this is based on a true story of the Lutz family. And it's very similar to this family here. When the actual true life George Lutz died, in I think it was a year after this film was made, he was suing them because of this movie. Yep. Because he said it's drivel, I think was his exact his exact word. Because of course this movie completely focuses it on him being the person who wants to kill everybody. So of course he's like, why'd you get to use my name? You know, breach a contract, all that kind of stuff. It actually yep. makes sense. Right. But he's saying that his family endured something similar to what happened in the original because it was a book first then it became the movie and i guess what's true and i guess no one from what i can tell from doing research and everything no one disputes that the defeo family was murdered in that house in what is it 1974 and there's this is 75 i think yes so in 1974, the DeFeo family was murdered by their like 23-year-old son. First of all, I don't know why he was still at home at 23. But he killed his four siblings and both of his parents and then was taken away uh, and put in an insane asylum, whatever it happens to be. I forget exactly what the story was. But then this 
Lutz family moved in the next year. And even though they were told about what happened, they still moved in. And then all these strange things started happening. Now, I know one account says that, I think this was done recently because they're doing some documentary or something, that one of the youngest ones, because some of them won't talk to reporters and everything, but one of the youngest ones, I think it's in this movie, it's Michael. He talked to a reporter or something. I think he lives in New York now in the Bronx or something. And he mentioned that it was George who practiced like weird Satanism voodoo stuff already before they moved into that house. Which would explain why you'd buy the house in the first place, because that doesn't really seem to bother you. Yeah, which is an exact possibility. Now, this never came out in any of the movies that I know of, but this is what the younger son, now older, obviously, is saying. So I have no idea. That's all alleged. No idea what actually happened or anything. But there are accounts of every single person who has moved into that house since that nothing at all has happened and that everything's been fine. So you would think if it was built on a slaughterhouse of Native Americans and there was this crazy preacher called Ketchum who reverend who was killing and torturing Native Americans and whatever that was built under this house and it comes out during this time that they're there, why would it just stop? Hmm. The stars aligned in the 70s and the demons were able to come out and play? I have no idea. I mean, it was the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. Had to do it. Had to do it. So yeah, that was 1974. So now it's 1975. And the Lutz family is moving into this new place. Of course, it's a little different than the story. Apparently, I've never been to Amityville, New York. But apparently, the house is right next to a bunch of other houses and always has been. So in this movie, they make it seem like it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it's on a lake that does have other houses on it, but it's not like, cool, I can see my neighbors next door. Right. So they are kind of isolated. Yeah. So it's Ryan Reynolds as George. Him and Kathy just got married pretty recently. He doesn't have a great relationship with Billy, who is the older son. You know, what, 13, 14 maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. Then there's a younger son, Michael, and then there's Chelsea, who's Chloe Grace Moretz. Who's also right, so like, yeah. I'd say 14, 8, and 6. Something like that. Okay. So they need to find a bigger house because they're basically like living in an apartment. And George has been very, you can tell he's like a good guy. You know, he, he tries to make breakfast for the kids. And of course, none of them call him dad. They just call him George. And Billy especially does not like him. You can tell it's just a gross, you know, even though he's kind of bending over backwards. And that's what I feel. I feel the most sorry for him through most of the movie. <laughs> because yeah, it's a horrible situation. Like, I don't, they don't talk about how they met. They don't talk about any of that other stuff. But he's taking... They don't really explain how dad dies. Yeah. They're taking on the burden. He is taking on the burden in the 70s where she doesn't work. So he's taking on the burden of having these three children plus her. And they're just not treating him well so to me i'm thinking these kids need a little bit of discipline that's what i'm thinking to myself now i don't know if that's happening with any of you guys but they're they're a little rambunctious you know they they don't follow their father you know the way they should but he's moving them into a new house they're getting a steal because you can tell you know when the real estate lady is talking she's all nervous she won't go in the basement there's all this stuff she won't do, but she tells them at the end, by the way, after they've already closed on the house, it seems, she tells them at the end, 
hey, the DeFeos, Ronnie DeFeo went around and killed people in the house. Now, keep in mind, the house has not been stripped of all the old furniture and stuff. Everything's still there. So I guess... The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like... Mean, whatever wasn't crime scene is pretty much still there. Which is weird because this film opens with Ronnie DeFeo being a crazy person, getting a rifle, and going room by room and shooting his family and then stopping at Jody's room and she's in the closet and she's like, what's wrong, Ronnie? And he's like, I love you, Jody. And then he shoots her through the head and that's that. And then there's right. a whole bunch of news clippings and all this stuff talking about how he heard voices and blah, 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 blah. So that's why the house is going for so cheap is because right. of what happened. So still, though, they're a struggling family in the 70s and he has three new children. So even with this house being as cheap as it is, they're still going to be struggling because it's tough. Right. I would just like to point out, though, um, from a real estate perspective, that the real estate agent actually didn't do anything wrong. You don't have to legally disclose that because it's technically not a hazard. If you ask, they actually don't have to tell you um, because it shouldn't affect the overall condition of the house, whether or not somebody was murdered in there. Um, the only thing they do have to disclose to you if there was any type of like chemicals, meaning like if there was a meth lab in there, they have to tell you that. But other than that, you could easily be living in a house where people have died or been murdered and they legally don't have to tell you that i'm living in one right now yeah that doesn't shock me now they're my friends <laughs> sweet anyway they end up moving into this house and then there's a nice little montage of them having like a good time moving in and getting everything set up you have to realize though too this is an hour and a half movie there are only two timelines in this movie where they actually tell you days 15 days and 28 days that's it yeah which is one of those why did you even I mean, I get the 28 because that's a significant one. But if you're not going to, like, do a better countdown at least every three days, then what the fuck? Like, really? Yeah, why not? If your whole point, because this is, by the way, the whole point is to show that George is slowly becoming possessed by the house, basically. Right. That he's being corrupted by the demons that are running around in the house. So why not continue that timeline to show you that he's progressively getting worse and worse? And by the way, that is one of the funniest parts of the movie, is that it's almost instantaneous that George becomes a dick. Oh, yeah. And I still think that a lot of it has to do with the children themselves, because they are pretty terrible. But technically, you're supposed to think George is a dick. He really, I mean, look, should Michael have been in his workshop? Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe you get a little scolding. Maybe you get a little scolding when you go into the place you're not supposed to. Right. And then fucking Jody Ghost takes Chelsea down into the little boat room, little boathouse thing that they have, because for some reason George has a speedboat. Still not sure how. <laughs> I'm not sure how he has a speedboat. Interesting luxury for people who are kind of scooting by, but okay. Don't sell it or anything, yeah, yeah, but don't, whatever. Right. So he goes down there. And there's Chelsea with a balloon, and she's just standing on the speedboat, telling them that Jody wanted to see it. And then George gets scolded by Kathy, being like, someone should have been watching her. What the fuck? He was doing stuff. He was chopping wood. And that's something, he's always chopping wood, by the way. Hey, everybody has their zen thing where it's repetitive, and it just it puts you in that zone, and it's calming, and that's just what you do. By the way, they do have a dog as well. It is Billy's dog, Harry. Innovative. Yes, innovative. I know. These aren't yes. the smartest children. They're, they're not the yeah. smartest children. No. 
and they are extremely annoying. I'm not kidding around. They, they might be three of the worst children I've ever seen in a movie. I want what Michael has what four lines in that whole movie though. But he makes those goofy dumb faces. Like he just has a goofy face. He really does. And then he tries to he wakes up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and he has to have Billy come with him, but Billy's sleeping. So he tries to wake Billy up, which number one, bullshit. Then runs to the bathroom and then doesn't wash his hands. He tried. What happened? You gotta wash your hands, Kelly. What happened? Well, he turned everything on and nothing happened. Yeah, so then go do some plumbing and get things going. Well, he did. That's why he had to wash his hands. But, um, is that what you call it? <laughs> I got I to gotta go do some plumbing. I'll be back. <laughs> Pretty much. So I you guess know, sometimes it's a quick fix and sometimes you're in there for a while. You never know. I'm just saying that even if you see a quote-unquote scary ghost guy bleeding from the mouth, maybe you still wash your hands. And then you go back to your bedroom. That's I'm just happy he went before he saw that then because then he would have to clean the floor too. Oh, yeah. You would have been like pissing all over the place, taking a number two maybe. Who knows? Like that kid. Such a troublemaker. <sighs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Kelly. You tell me what's wrong in this situation. Kid didn't <laughs> wash his hands. Just saying. Wow. You're going to be a great parent one day. <laughs> I'm so excited. All I'm saying is these kids needed some discipline. Right. Right. So while this movie is going on, every time 3.15 appears, I don't know, the heater downstairs goes off and makes Ryan Reynolds start sweating, and then he wakes up. He basically wakes up every time it's 3.15, and then always hears the dog barking. Even though he locked the boathouse, he would go out there and it would be unlocked. He finds the keys, by the way, in Billy's room. So once again, what's going on here? It seems like these kids are troublemakers. I have no commentary to add to this at all. Are you I'm, sticking up for the children? No, I just have nothing to say. <laughs> it's always great on a show. I know. Well, I mean, it, uh, he's the one who's having the most consistent, I want to call them nightmares or whatever. He keeps Hallucinations. Seeing stuff. And, yeah. Hallucinations. But it's always one of those, he ends up waking up. Or it's or it's a flash of something. Yeah. So that's where that's how they're trying to get into him and get under his skin and stuff he wakes up like all the time and he'll always go downstairs into the basement because he'll complain that it's too cold and that's the only place where he can find warmth and he's always near this part of the wall where it seems like there's almost a little divot trench that goes underneath and he's just like what's that the the chick comes down kathy comes down at one point she's like what's that and he's like you tell me hey don't treat me like one of your kids (laughs) so yeah it's so out of nowhere and she's just like what he's like yeah don't treat me like one of your kids because look at what billy stole and then shows her the keys and dialogue is fascinating in this movie well here's another thing too so it is rated r so it is gory they do say fuck a lot but one thing i am disappointed in it's what we talked about with devil's advocate in the previous episode now the woman is played by melissa george right why did we not get to see her naked when they had the sex scene. Yeah. I was expecting at least tits. Yeah, yeah. We're on the same page with that. Because you women got, or if you are attracted to Ryan Reynolds, whoever it happens to be, you guys got to see him like multiple times <laughs> just running around shirtless. Topless. Yeah, that's okay. That's a fair trade. Well, what I think, I and we did mention we were going to get to this, I think the whole point of that was great marketing to be like, in most cases, men want to go see horror movies, and it's hard to get their girlfriends or significant others to go see them. 
what better way to get a person to go to see the movie than also show Ryan Reynolds topless in... I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's one of those, okay, I can tolerate whatever stupid movie this is because at least I get to see some naked in this that I want to look at. Right. Because, I mean, most horror movies, the dudes really aren't necessarily that attractive, but the chicks are always, you know... What? Stupid bimbos with hot tits. Are you forgetting Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard in Scream? Are Why you am for- I thinking Johnny Depp and Freddy Krueger? Yeah, Johnny Depp and Freddy Krueger. What about the guy from Supernatural in the remake of Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> or or the other guy from Supernatural, or the other guy in Supernatural in the remake we of My both Bloody Valentine? Know that you know both their names. It's Jared Padalecki and yep. no, I always forget the other one. <laughs> what's the What's his name? Because let's see, Padlacky I know is six seven. That's why I remember his name. The other one's only six three. The other one's from Days of Our Lives originally, right? Is that Dean then? Yes, yeah, Dean. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know his actual. I can't think of his name now either. Say now, don't you feel stupid? <laughs> well, so, I knew Padlacky. <laughs> so all I'm all I'm saying is there are many attractive men that are in horror movies. So I don't know where that would come off. Where you'd just be mm. like, oh no, what? It, like, it's not consistent. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're going to at least see a nice pair of tits in every horror movie. Come on, in Saw, you got Donnie Wahlberg. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Hey, in Fear, you got Mark Wahlberg. He took off his shirt a bunch of times. I'll never forgive him for what he did to that dog, though. (laughs) We should do Fear sometime. That movie's fucking hilarious. We have a lot of horror movies we need to get through in the next month and a half. Let's get through this one. Right. (laughs) Let's get through this one. So here's another instance where Jody the bitch ghost is being a dick. Uh, So they're having sex. And you're seeing from behind, but of course the blanket is over all the good parts Lame. of yeah, Kathy. And let's be honest, he's been doing all the work, so maybe he should just be able to lay back and relax a little bit. Yeah. Am I right? Sweet. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. Straight off. Unfortunately, though, he's in the moment, and what does he see out of the corner of his eye straight behind Kathy is Jody hanging from a rope. It's like, hey, stupid, you didn't even die that way. Why are you being such a dick? Okay, I will give you that. But it's so much so much fun when you're able to just screw with someone in that particular instance to where they can't get off, and that's fun for me. Well, what I'm surprised – first, we'll go back to that in a second. <laughs> what I'm mostly surprised about is how did that not make him finish quicker? Interesting theory, <laughs> Ian. <laughs> Interesting. So if we scare you, you come faster. Interesting. No, I just thought maybe he'd get off by seeing a, a dead girl. Oh, really? Jeez. I get to say whatever the fuck I want on this show. It's your show. But that once again, it's like, what a dickbag ghost she is. Like She really is. All right, now let's go back to what you were talking about. What <laughs> game do you play? That's weird. <laughs> It's not normally on purpose, and I'm not usually the one involved in this particular situation, but I have apparently called at the wrong time a couple times with two different friends, and I've managed to completely ruin. Now, mind you, it's not always my fault because I have a very particular ringtone with these two people. So, of course, just hearing the ringtone threw them off. (laughs) So you should just put your phone on vibrate then, and this would all be handled? That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not... Like, when I go to bed, phone's on silent. There's no way anybody can piss me off and wake me up. Like, if it's that important, leave me a message. See, I was expecting more of a story of you doing something really weird. Those, but I'm saving those for, for the love. Oh, sure. That was, once again, Jody being a dick. Yeah, I'll give you that. She's that, that was kind of, that was a bad move on her part. Funny, bad move on her part. 
things keep on happening to George. Is this when he's just in his PJ bottoms and goes down and dives in the water? Are we at that Yeah, point? we can do that one. He hears the dog barking again. So Harry's barking. The door is slamming open and shut of the boathouse. So he's like, oh, no. Then he sees a balloon fly out of there. And that's something that Chelsea has been carrying around with her. So he's like, oh, no. So he runs out there. And then there are a bunch of bubbles coming up from underneath the water so he's like oh shit so he jumps in can't find her i mean doesn't really look takes him like two seconds and then he comes back up and he's like okay i guess that's fine and then he goes outside looks up sees chelsea and jody in the window then runs up there chelsea's asleep obviously he doesn't see jody and then takes this little teddy bear doll or whatever and puts it in her bed and that's it right so once again he's getting jerked around even though there's nothing happening whatsoever. Right. Then they wanted some time alone, right? He wanted to get away because he's already making dick statements to her. And Kathy's like, I don't know what's going on with my marriage, blah, blah, blah. So they're like, let's go out to dinner. Just the two right. of us. Let's, so, let's get some time away. You can be away from my horrible children. Yeah. And, and I'm sure he's just like chomping at the bit to get the fuck out. Let's go get away from these brats. <laughs> so they... They go and they get a babysitter. And when the babysitter walks in, and I forget who plays her, but she's been in a bunch of random, been in a bunch of random stuff. And she is wearing skanky makeup. And also, what would you call her outfit? I mean, it's full blown seventies. She's got her seventies bell bottoms. She's got her half top with the long sleeves. So that's just she's called got... a half half top. That's all it's called. Yeah. Okay. Because just showing her tits off and no stomach. Stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun fact, Megan Fox actually uh, auditioned for that role and got turned down. Oh, we forgot to mention, this is also produced by Michael Bay. Yep. Which you can tell because of the random loud parts and the jump scares that don't have to be there. <laughs> right. But yeah, so she shows up and of course now Billy, who had been complaining about having a babysitter, is like, Hi, I'm Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a pretty funny line that Ryan Reynolds used because he... He leans down. And he's like, you sure you don't want a babysitter anymore? Babysitter? Yep. Yeah. So Kathy goes, hey, do you want me to show you around the house? But Lisa, the babysitter, goes, oh, no, I used to babysit for the DeFeos. They give her a look like, uh-oh, is she going to tell? Because they did not tell the children Duh. Yeah, what happened in the house. But mind you, if that's a real concern, then you take the babysitter aside and be like, don't fucking tell the kids. Like, but I don't know. I guess... They're not paying attention to how she's dressed, and they probably think that she would never do something like that. Right. She doesn't come off like, you know, she's completely responsible. It's the way that looks. Right. Complete skank. That's for sure. So they go ahead, and they go out to dinner. And out to dinner, George is back to being his charming self. Right. He's normal again. Yeah. There's a definite disconnect from how he talks to her in the house compared to how he talks to her away from the house. She's worried that something's wrong, and he's like, I feel great. Like, everything's good. Makes all these charming remarks to her, and she's like, oh, this is awesome. It, Whatever. It's just stress. Just stress. Sure. Whatever. Now, while this is happening, Lisa, the babysitter, is taking Billy around. Of course, Billy is, like, hanging around her. They go to his room. For some reason, she asks him about French kissing. Yeah, this, this came off a little rapey on her part. Because, I mean, she comes off like she's at least... At least 18. No, oh, 16. Yeah, no, 18. Really? Yeah. I would have said 16. Because if she used to babysit for the DeFeos, 
Like, well, they don't even talk about her going to school. They don't. They never talk about the kids going to school. So no. this might be the summer. I don't know what it happens to be. That right. kind of stuff is never brought up. But yeah, she starts talking about that, but then says, oh, do you know what happened here in this room and in this house? And he's like, no. And then she starts telling. And she's like, I'm the worst babysitter as she's telling. But she's also stoned. Yes, she also took a hit, which is hilarious. In the bathroom. Which I would at least say, my my one good thing about this is I would at least say they didn't go the route of having her bring over her boyfriend or anything. You know, that's a cliche horror. Yeah, a little bit. So at least it's not that. But it's just her. Now she's telling the story to Billy. And then Michael walks in and she tells him, rather sexily teasing him, like... Put your fingers in your ears and you don't get yeah. to hear this because you're too young. This is young. too adult. Cover your ears. Yeah, it's very, very <laughs> weird. <laughs> and then she tells Billy how he killed every, how Ronnie killed everyone, which was taking the rifle and bang, bang, bang. It's such a weird way that she does it. Yeah, she's an interesting character because it's one of those, I can see you being stoned and saying shit that you shouldn't, but I feel like this is still crap you would have said if you hadn't gotten stoned in the bathroom. Like, you're kind of a bitch. Like, I could see you being like, "Eh, if anything, I'm going to at least give everybody nightmares in the house. She's not a good person. No. She's like the living equivalent of (laughs) Jodi. So if Jodi was allowed to grow up, she'd be Lisa. I'm glad she didn't get to grow up. She would have been a major bitch then. By the way, Jodi, for anyone who would get really sensitive, which I don't know why you would, but Jodi was not one of the people killed and the DeFeo murders, this was a made-up character that they added to right. this. So just in case, just in case everyone was getting really sensitive. <laughs> anyway, so now Jody is obviously talking to Chelsea most of the time. So Chelsea comes in the room and is like, you're a bad babysitter. Jody says, you're a bad babysitter. And Lisa had a great response. Jody, well, isn't she, like, dead? <laughs> That's, her. <laughs> That's her fuck you. And she goes, that little bitch got me fired, which is right. also pretty funny, too. Because, of course, like in the afterlife, Jody wasn't really a good person in real life. We already know that. Right. They go over to Jody's old room, which is Chelsea's regular room now. And they take her in, and they're like, we dare you to go in the closet. And she's like, well, would you give me your kiss poster? <laughs> like, totally worth it. Totally worth it. He's like, yeah, sure. Fair trade. So as she goes into the closet, she looks down and she sees the teddy bear with one eye. Now that freaks her out already, and you find out why that will freak her out later on. And we'll, we'll get right. to that. So she sees this teddy bear and gets freaked out, but doesn't have any chance to do anything because the door slams shut by itself. And then as she's pounding to get out and no one can help her out, yeah, Chloe, Chelsea, whatever, is sitting there on the bed. She's got to etch a sketch, and it says, hate her on it Uh now this is one of my favorite scenes of any horror movie ever i have two favorite scenes from this movie (laughs) so jody appears in the corner of the closet and she's got that bullet wound in her head and she has to pull her hair aside and she goes hey lisa look what ronnie did to me Uh and and then she reaches out grabs on (laughs) to lisa's index finger And pulls it closer and closer and closer. Obviously, Lisa's screaming. Billy and Michael are trying to get her out. Chelsea's just whatever. Sitting there. Yeah. Gets closer and closer and closer. And then fully puts Lisa's index finger through the bullet wound hole in her forehead. That's awesome. (laughs) It was so 
and you hear like the sound as the finger. Yeah, it's so great. Then holds it there, then makes her finger do a gun like sound. Like you hear the shot. And she right. falls back into the corner, and there's the catch him, kill him, and blood, and all that kind of stuff. And Lise is just losing her mind. So right. there's another, by the way, another awesome. way that Jody is a dick. So awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's funny for us, but that's another dick thing that a ghost can do, apparently. Awesome. But now, like, the whole foundation is creaking, things are breaking because she's trying to get out. Lisa's still trying to get out, and her th- fingers are all bloody and everything, and she just can't get out. They cut to the police stretchering her off. And as she's yeah. being stretchered off, she's saying, I saw Jody. I saw the little girl. You know, the mom is asking, Kathy's asking, Who, who who's Jody? What are you talking about? She's right. like, the, the girl dead and she died. And they're taking her. Now, no cop does any follow up no. on this, by the way. No, right. <laughs> no, nothing. So they just go in, and now, obviously, now that he's back in the house, George is losing his mind because also he's blaming them for what happened to the girl. Of course, right? I mean, the hell did you guys do to the babysitter? Well, who are you supposed to blame? You could think that girl wasn't like hugely strong or anything, so you could probably imagine that Billy, who's a chunky kid already, can hold that door shut and have this girl traumatized. It's a possibility. Right. Obviously, he knows that's not how it happened, but... Yeah, but you, you kind of want George to be like, I know Jody's a dick. Bitch, I lost an orgasm over this. <laughs> that should have been a line, Ryan Reynolds. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, so now he's like, shut up, Kathy. I'm going to discipline these kids now. They need discipline and all this stuff. And they do. That is very, very true. The little one is crying. Michael is crying because that's all he does is cry. And Billy is saying, why don't you tell us about the murders in the house? And he, (laughs) Ryan Reynolds calls the babysitter an idiot. But they are sleeping in the same, because that's one of the things the babysitter says, too. She's like, it's fucking sick. You guys are sleeping in the same beds that they were in. And they are the same beds. Yeah. Pretty fucked up. That's true. She was right about that. So now, the punishment, the first axe punishment. Well, the first one is the stacking wood, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. what you're referring this to? This is the yeah, one, yeah, yeah. right? This is the one then. So Yeah, I believe so. In this one, Ryan Reynolds isn't wearing a shirt and he's cutting wood and making Billy, you know, take it and stack it. And he basically has him do this for a while and they go to eat and Billy's not there to eat. And he let's be honest, he could skip a few meals. <laughs> And it's so random. George is eating his food and takes like two bites and then spits it on the plate, but doesn't stop. It's not like he's so disgusted he's going to leave. He just, Kathy goes, is this torture or is this discipline? And Ryan Reynolds goes, I thought it was meatloaf. (laughs) And then looks (laughs) looks to the other kids and starts laughing. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then he says a completely dick comment. I mean, besides that one, which is funny, but... That's not the comment. My dad taught me this. He said, what is it? If your body is worn out, your soul flourishes or something like that. It's like if your body is hurt, right. your soul flourishes, something like that. And he said, my dad taught me that, but Billy's dad isn't around to teach him that, is he? And it's like, oh, shit, son. <laughs> and this is when oh. Kathy should have been like, I'm out. Like many times, actually, they should have been like, we're fucking gone. We're, we're out of here. But that doesn't happen. So then more things happen to George. He goes downstairs more. He basically packs up 
and stops sleeping with Kathy. He just goes down and, and makes a bed downstairs in the basement, of course. Man cave. Right? Yes, yes, his his amazing man cave with the TV that only turns on to the Native American emergency channel. <laughs> I don't get it. It's very strange. I guess they were using it because the artwork, I guess, but very, very weird. Right. It's, it's what it was. It's the countdown. It was when broadcasting actually ended way back in the day. Yeah. So it would go to that kind of a screen. It's weird that it was well, obviously they, they're making the Native American reference. But I don't know if you're not going to poltergeist it. You don't need to have a TV. I agree. But they do for some reason because Ronnie saw it as well at the beginning of the movie or whatever. Right. Now, Ryan Reynolds goes and he throws up. He's randomly throwing up from time to time. So he goes right. and he throws up and then he draws himself a, a nice hot bath. And he gets naked again, and he gets in the bath, and he's just, you know, enjoying himself until he starts to be, what do you want to call it? He starts to be attacked from beneath the water. Lady in the water. Yeah, like someone's trying to drown him and, like, rip open his back, and they show it, you know, they show his back being ripped open all this stuff. But then Kathy comes in and, like, wakes him out of this hallucination, and he's just freaking out. Right. So finally they're like, oh, we should probably go to the doctor. They're checking all of his vitals. And everything seems to be fine. He's like, I feel great. You know, now I feel great. Right, because he's away from the house. Right. And who would normally think that that would be the reason for anyone to feel better would be to get away from their their home. So the doctor's like, I don't know what's going on. How about you go see the psychiatrist? And he's like, what, you think I need a psychiatrist? Like, come on, I don't need a psychiatrist. So while they're driving home... She's saying, oh, well, maybe I put too much stress on you. And he's reassuring her. He's like, no, this is the American dream. Like, I want this. Like, I want us to be happy with the kids and everything. So he's saying everything she wants to hear again. Right. It's one of those weird things, though. It's But there's almost there's a complete disconnect there because he's not either. He's not remembering what has been happening. And that's why he just completely converts back. And that's what I think and, it is. I don't yeah. think he remembers those situations as being as bad as they are. Right. So, yes, that definitely has. But she also is kind of pushing things under the rug when she shouldn't be. Yeah, it's a little, what is it? It's battered wife kind of a deal. Like, it's that weird, like, no, it'll work. It'll be cool because he's cool now. So maybe he'll be cool later. What I guess we have to think about, too, is since she's already lost one husband, she's probably like, oh, man, I cannot lose this guy to provide for my children. And she's eh. supposed to love him, too. So right. It's a make-it-work moment. Now, once again, so now they have left. He's feeling better. But because he is now coming back to the house, there's obviously going to be something wrong. And that's what it seems to be. It's almost like the house knows when he leaves. And when he comes back, they have to make it worse, like, oh, yeah. right away. So on to escalate. Yes. So this time, when he be, you know, the last time was the babysitter thing. This time now is what we had mentioned earlier in the show, which was Chelsea is just on the fucking top of the house for no reason. Top of the fucking house on the roof, tightrope walking. Uh, fun fact: even though Chloe was only eight years old when she filmed this movie, um, she did all of her own stunts. Well, I also say she was probably the best part of this movie, acting wise. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anyone was terrible. There we'll we'll get to a scene with Ryan Reynolds a little bit later. That was a little questionable, but otherwise I think everyone did an okay job acting. Like this wasn't a horror movie that you would make fun of for the editing being choppy or the acting being, you know, atrocious or anything. This was one where it's more the writing and the execution 
of what they were trying to do was lacking and made it funny at times that it wasn't supposed to be. Right. When they come back, she's, you know, she's on the roof. So now they have to have this huge scramble for her where George is taking one way. She takes the way through the house to get up onto the roof. Chelsea will not go to her because she's saying, Jody's showing me something. I need to go with Jody. So she jumps. Now, Kathy is able to catch her only slightly. So right. then, you know, she's slipping, she's slipping. Now, luckily, George is underneath, catches her as she's falling and saves her. Right. Which, honestly, I don't know how I feel about that because if it's supposed to be getting progressively worse. Why wouldn't he just why let did her? George catch her? Right. I think it's still because since he just got back to the house, it hasn't taken back. Over. Right, okay. right. Plus, I think also they probably want him to kill her. To do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Most likely. So. They go ahead, and now you finally have Kathy trying to discipline her children, which is nice. Now, it doesn't work. No. But this is where Chelsea did a very good job, or Chloe Grace Moretz did a very good job. This whole back and forth was pretty good because her screams were very good about, like, you're a liar, you're a liar, and she's just yelling at her mom she's, because she's saying Jody isn't real, like all this stuff. But now also, as a parent, if your child was so completely, completely convinced that there was a ghost named Jody in your house. Not only did this thing happen oh. with the babysitter, and not only did she try to jump off the roof to follow Jody to show her where her father is, wouldn't you say right there, I've had enough of this house? Maybe we got to go get my kid checked out, at least? I would, but I don't believe that Chloe knows, or Chelsea knows, that Jody is a ghost. Like, I don't think that that connection's there. She just knows that this is... Everybody, all the adults are thinking, okay, so it's an imaginary friend. If an imaginary friend is fucking with you so bad that they're trying to get you to kill yourself, then right. maybe you have to go to that psychiatrist that was just mentioned. Maybe. Right. Or I don't know. I'd move my family out of the house or probably wouldn't move into a murder house to begin with. That might also be the thing. At no point does anyone go, oh, yeah, this is a murder house. Maybe these things are connected. <laughs> not, right. not once. Not once right. until a little bit later when she goes to see the, the father, which I think is coming up soon, right? Yeah, I think that's the next scene, actually, because now she thinks, uh, you know, because, you know, there's something wrong with her husband. There's something wrong with her daughter now. So now she's she's seeking yeah. solace in that. And, of course, Chelsea's like, I want to see my dad. Kathy's like, I understand. I know. And he overhears it. George overhears this. He's like, what is wrong with you people? And walks away. <laughs> Pretty much. Because he can't do anything right. I mean, he's doing plenty wrong, but he also can't do anything right. No matter how good he right. is to the family, technically, they're never going to. And that's why he's in such a terrible... He must really love her because, holy shit, how do you put up with these three kids? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So he's having his hallucinations. He's picturing himself killing people and turning a rifle on himself. He's This is all happening. Blood's going through the walls. All this bullshit. It's all stupid haunted house stuff. And it's all flashing to these. I mean, nothing that you'd even consider a scene. It's almost, they're all cut scenes to something else. Yeah, exactly. So Kathy goes and even though they really haven't talked about any religious stuff, nope. she goes ahead and she goes to the reverend, the father of, I guess, the town and she shows up and she starts talking to him and she's like ah uh, my family we're drifting apart there's some evil around in this house or something and he goes it's weird because i've heard this before and she goes with the defeos and he goes how do you know how do you know the defeos and she goes 
I'm living in their We're house. In their house. And he like gives her this look of indifference. I guess he was trying to act. <laughs> I don't know. But it's also one of those like, why would your initial response be like, why? Like, why are you living in their house? Well, that's the other thing. It's I guess you know a lot of this stuff is about money. I mean, they are poor. Well. Middle class, maybe, maybe slightly lower middle like, class. They don't talk about his business. You know, he has a construction company, but they don't actually in this whole movie mention whether it's doing well or poor. I believe right. they talk about the business doing poorly in the original movie. So that okay. obviously that adds stress. That adds a lot of stuff. So, of course, they can't just pack up and leave. But they do mention it's not like they're on their own because at one point her mother, Kathy's mother, calls. And he answers the phone, and the first thing she says is not like, hello, it's, can I speak to my daughter, please? And he makes a joke, oh, you got to stop your mom fawning over me so much, it's embarrassing, and gives her the phone. But they could, and I believe in real life, they did go live with the mother after, like, after this stuff happened. Spoiler alert, they do make it out of here. So, but you have to say, everyone knows the story of Amity Affliction. See, Amityville Horror. It's an Amity (laughs) Affliction. I fucking love that band. While while she's talking to him, this is my other favorite scene in a horror movie, which is just so fucking amazing. At least Ryan Reynolds has a shirt on this time. Now his punishment for coming home and seeing Chelsea on the top of the house when Billy and Michael were supposed to be watching, or at least specifically Billy was right. supposed to be watching her. Yeah, He makes him hold logs of wood while he chops them, which is... And I don't know if the filmmakers knew this or anything. It's incredibly unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) Warning. (laughs) Yes, actually, the more you know for everyone else. There you go. This is not a good way to discipline your children. Worse things could happen. Now I know this was in the seventies. In the seventies, what would be funny is if you did chop off a hand or something, he still wouldn't have been in trouble. No, yeah. It still would have been the kid's fault. They would have been like, well. He did let his sister get on the top of the roof. So, eh, you know, yeah. And of course, he's like crying. You know, he's crying. You know, Ryan Reynolds is pointing out. He's like, what are you crying now? I thought. And he like grabs him by the face. It's like, we're friends. We're having fun. And like slaps him in the face and says, put another fucking lock on there. Wow. It is so fucking hilarious. And he chops another one. What I thought was funny that Billy the first time had his face almost right next to the log. And I was like, dude, you need to move your hand. You need to be arm's length away from that fucking log. I don't know what you're doing. But Billy's not the smartest kid, as you realize throughout this whole film. So (laughs) I thought that was great. Then they cut. steady, because if you make make me nervous, it's bad. If you're shaking, I'm shaking. I'm shaking. (laughs) So then they cut to George downstairs, Basically coughing, he's so cold, I guess, and he's wearing like a little blanket thing, and he's watching that montage video that they took when they were moving in, and like laughing and coughing to himself and wishing for the old times of 15 days ago, I guess at this point, (laughs) whatever it happens to be. And as he's watching this film, at one point when they get to Billy, Billy's face distorts into a very devilish, demon-ish face. Right. Almost, it's the zombie, um, like it, you're missing parts of your face kind of a deal. It's very what we talked about with The Devil's Advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost it, the exact it, same thing. Right. I know what happens after that. Motherfucker. <laughs> I was so mad. I didn't care what he did. I wouldn't have cared if he chopped off Billy's hand during the during the axing. 
he goes ahead and it's 3.15 again in the morning and he hears the dog barking and he goes out to the boat shed. He brings a fucking axe and as he's looking around, he's looking for Billy for some reason. But he's looking for Billy and as he's walking around the boat shed, all of a sudden he sees, I think it's the same demon creature that scared yeah it's the Michael. screwed up it's a native american it's what it, you find out that it is but it's, yeah, on, yeah he's kind of yeah he's kind of contorted weird demon-esque thing in the with the mouth yep. right yep yeah. and it, it jumps out at him and he axes it to death yeah that motherfucker killed the dog he killed right. harry and i was like you mother and they showed the dead dog too and i was like you fuckers i don't care Ever when people die in movies, I only care <laughs> when, when, when pets dogs. die. Yeah, I'm on the same page with that for some reason. That screws me. I can't do that. I can't do it when they kill kill off animals. And that's what he does. And the whole night, he buries or puts the dog in the lake, whatever it happens to be, and then is scrubbing the blood away from you know the the floor. And it's just like you fucker. Now I'm pissed. Now I was like, but I blame Billy. I blame Billy for this. I don't blame him. I I do a little bit. I blame more Michael. That's fair. I mean, lock your dog up is really what I have to say. Yeah. Not in the boat shed, but whatever. So then there's a back and forth between George and Kathy in the morning. And he's like looking at his not bloodied hands, but now he's had to, they're like caked in like dirt and everything because he's been scrubbing and scrubbing. And she's like, we need to leave this place. And he's like, you got this house. Now you live in it. Like all this (laughs) yelling at her. And then the two kids come in and they're like, oh, we can't find Harry. Harry never runs away. And Billy's giving all this sass to George. He's like, George, Harry never runs away. And she gets, now she's pissed. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, why are you right. instigating? Like, there's right. no reason Don't to instigate. Yeah. He's already a pain in my ass. Yeah, she's already pissed. She's, she's like, there won't be a family left. There won't be a family. There will just be this house. Take your kids and leave. Yeah, just go. Just go to your mom's. That's why she calls all the time, bothering yep. George. <laughs> but what are mother-in-laws really for? Come on. I wouldn't know. Yet. Bum, bum, bum. Though I do remember one that didn't like me in Long Island, so it does kind of make sense. <laughs> God. So then the priest shows up, and she's very happy to see him. And the first thing he notices, though, is Chelsea answers the door, and she's got that teddy bear, the one-eyed teddy bear. And he takes specific note of that and then walks with Kathy outside of the home. And he mentions that he knew the DeFeos very well. And he says that doll, that teddy bear, was Jody's. And she goes, oh, well, it must have been left in the house, right? Just like all the other stuff that was left. Right. And he goes, no, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. I knew the DeFeos very well. And I proceeded over their funeral. And Jody was buried with that bear. So then he shows up back at the house and he starts to perform an exorcism on the house itself. Mm. So he takes the holy water, he's sprinkling it around. And whenever he does, you hear like voices like crying out and it sizzles when it touches the ground, all that kind of stuff. Then he starts hearing whispers or something, something he's missing. It's coming from the vents, which you often hear. That's where... Ryan Reynolds is hearing shit is from the vents a lot of times. So he gets a stool, he goes up, and all of a sudden, this huge swarm of flies just covers him and just is like flying around and flying around him. 
He runs out of the house. Oh, well, you forgot. Do you want to talk about your Catholic uh, things that were happening while this went on? The doorknobs have crosses on them. Which so, is weird. Yeah, so then they when they lock, they turn upside down. Upside down? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, wouldn't that happen all the time you turn the fucking knob? Pretty much. Right. Now, the flies do not eat him or anything, and a voice tells him to get out. And he right. runs away, gets in his car. As he gets in his car... Kathy sees him, runs with him, gets to the car and is like, Father, what's going on? What happens? This is why he's a fucking bitch coward is because he should have then taken her and his and the family out of that house and Absolutely. said, you're, yeah, you're never going back there again. But he doesn't say a word to her. And, yep, and he really runs everybody down as he backs out of the driveway. Right, right. No, no women and children first with this no, Catholic no, man at all. <laughs> nope. So he takes off, and right there is George to console her, but he is looking very not good right now. Now here's where you get to a little bit more of the poor acting parts because it's 3:15 again. And George hears barking down at the boathouse. And the door is flapped open again, even though he locks it all the time. And he goes out and there. And the dog's dead, and so the there do- shouldn't be barking. <laughs> exactly. And he goes down there, and then he doesn't make it halfway. He starts just yelling. Ran- like, there's no words to it. It's just like, Rah! It's just <laughs> randomness. And collapses and throws up on that dock. little walkway. Dock right, thing. Right. And... Kathy is watching him do this. Once again, does not think, holy shit, we need to get the fuck out of here. My husband is crawling to a boathouse, screaming into the air, and then collapsing on the ground. Nothing's clicking here that there's still a problem. Right. But her idea is, once again, let's not call the police. I mean, the reverend leaves the house running. The babysitter is... I don't know, in an insane asylum. I don't even know what happens to her. No one follows up with this house. No one follows up on anything that's been happening. So she decides, well, where am I going to go? I'll go to the library. I'll do a little research. Finally. And once again, and this isn't, I mean, look, I think they did a fine job of editing in normal situations. What was the point of her banging on the library door and then an old woman, old librarian opening and going, we don't open for another two minutes and her running in and starting her search. What was the point of all of that? Why didn't they just show her at the library? Because that woman is never seen again. It's never, there is no reason. And then also, why wouldn't she go, hey, I said two minutes, get out of here. Or why not wait the two minutes and then open the door? Not let the crazy person in. Yeah, but I guess it's the Amityville Library, so I don't know why. (laughs) Is this super popular? They're trying to set up that suddenly there's this urgency in time. Like, obviously, it's progressing, but they never did the cutscene, so we know what effing day it is. It's 28. Right, but had they gone (laughs) where you're actually progressing and then you realize it's getting worse. Like, really, guys? Come on. I think they put that scene in, but you couldn't do the second and a half per two scenes to do this correctly. I think they literally show the cutscene that says 28 days and then she goes to the library and then at the library where you see heard voices he murdered these because of voices insane asylum then catch them you know all the thing oh we forgot that on the refrigerator yeah. at one point the the magnet letters say catch them and kill them and it's with a k catch them and kill them she sees this now in ronnie defeo's scribbling book or whatever that's in the newspaper right and it says that he killed everyone after 28 days in the house. 
And then she continues her research into where Reverend Ketchum, whatever, Jeremiah Ketchum, used to torture Native Americans underneath her current house. And while she's researching this, Ryan Reynolds has had enough of looking at that little trench in the basement. And now he starts ripping apart the wall and breaking through this stone wall thing as well. I guess a stone arch of something to the used to be a door. And he starts going through, and each one of these, he's having a hallucination, obviously. This isn't actually happening. But he's having a hallucination of seeing all of these Native Americans being tortured. One has crazy headgear on that's, like, sewed his mouth shut. So now he uses a stick to rip them out, and he's bleeding all. It's gore for no gore reason. Like, there's no reason to show this stuff so graphically, but they are. No, yeah. They've got another guy, another Native American, hanging by claws that go into his chest skin and then they mentions in the book that there are 20 at least 20 bodies were found in the lake itself it's understandable now that they have those air bubbles come up to freak out george to jump in like that works i i like that little touch uh, right. of stuff i think they did a good job of bringing everything together it's just i don't think they did the story right uh, uh, when it comes to the torture and stuff like that when you're when you're dealing with that time period did you what years did they say that happened i mean are we talking like 1700s or something like okay that. so pilgrims yeah. so they're actually missing out on a lot of i don't think they used enough authentic like torture devices as far as i'm concerned when it comes to that um but, did, but i don't think you even needed the three people that they showed being tortured in this like i don't think yeah, they needed it's to... a throwback to why that guy's bleeding from the mouth when you see him it's a throwback to sure. like, these are the demons that you're seeing and that's why so it's explaining uh, that i understand that part i do understand that part and then they show him continuing to hallucinate as you see catch him for like the one time you see him and he's got this serrated like almost sickle like blade kind of like in uh children of the corn if you remember that i think malachi yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i think malachi uses that for the sacrifices and stuff and he slits his throat and all the blood sprays like basically drowning George in it to show that his essence remains in that house. Right. And at I this, would like to point out that he's kind of dressed like Van Helsing. Yes, he is. <laughs> catch him. Catch him. <laughs> That's his, what I was like. Long uh, trench coat, that long cow, big cowboy hat, big floppy cowboy hat-ish kind of thing. But you only see him yeah. for like a second and then that's it. I know. And then while this is happening, they're cutting back to... Kathy, who has now gone over to the preacher, the the father again, and saying, why did you leave us, father? Why did you leave us there? And she talks about knowing Ketchum or about Ketchum now. And he's like, you got to get your family out of there. I left because I was afraid or some bullshit. It's yeah, like, well, your house is evil. Yeah, cool. Well, why would you leave us there? Yeah. Dick? Why didn't you take us with you, preacher man? Like, whatever. She calls George and George is having none of this. Now he's pretty much passed over to being possessed by Ketchum. So he rips off the phone. Now it's raining and pouring and everything. Somehow she gets home in time to not have her children killed, which is a little surprising. Right. And for some reason also, George is out in the boathouse just looking at his boat, like looking into the water for some reason. Still not exactly sure. He starts the boat and Kathy comes in and she shines a light on her and she falls into the little bit of water there and her hair gets caught up in the motor the, the propeller. propeller of the boat now i don't know how she wasn't killed right away when her hair yeah. was caught 
And I'm sorry, the amount of power behind that, it wouldn't have clogged it. It yeah. would have just ripped her hair out. Right, and period. then pulled her face into the propeller. Like, that's what Absolutely. I thought. That's what yeah. happens in real life. So right. while she's basically drowning, he's seeing her face become demonized from time to time and then go away and come back. But yet he still stops the propeller, unravels it so that her hair is completely fine, too. I don't think that right. happens normally. Either. No. And he helps her. And she's like, you've tried to fucking kill me. And runs into the house to get the kids. And now, basically, I don't know how much of a point there is to completely go through step by step. Not really. It's Now it's a chase scene. I will mention one, one big thing, though. She gets back in the house. In the basement are freshly made coffins. Pine box coffins. Pine box coffins with big crosses on them with their names scrawled out for each and every one of them. And right. then this was also pretty funny, too. He picks up Chelsea. Like, he shows up now in the basement. He picks up Chelsea. And I think this was one of her best acting was when he just grabs her face. And she just gives this look of, holy shit, is this what acting is about? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he kisses her on the cheek and puts her down. And she just wants to get away from him. And they run. He's like, I want to talk to you. And once again, that's them not listening to him. So. True. Once again, they are being naughty. They're, I'm so happy you took this angle. Thank I, you. It's awesome. They need discipline. There's no doubt about it. So they get everyone. Now they try and trap him downstairs with like a shrunk or whatever. And as they keep trying to run, the doors are shutting on them automatically. Things are moving out of place so that they get hurt or can't run to a certain area. Whatever it happens right. to be. The house is now part of... Coming alive. Yeah. It's part of George. He's he's not necessarily controlling it, but it's they're all going for one goal. Because he hated the cold, he was nailing the windows shut and everything. So now the screws are going in even more so that no one can get out. They finally get away, and they have to go upstairs. It wasn't the cliche, don't run upstairs horror movie thing. It was that they can't get out of the doors. Right. Though They don't try to break the windows. That would have been nice. Way. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. But I can understand they're a little freaked out. He's got a rifle. And he's kind of a dick. So True. I can understand, you know, he already really doesn't like Billy. They make it to the roof. It is pouring rain, but they, they make it to the roof. They're walking around trying to find a way out. They see a ghost of something kind of appear in one of the windows. So they don't want to go through that way. So once again, it's another apparition, whatever it happens to be. Right. Ryan Reynolds starts chasing them out there into the rain. Now, this is the one good thing I thought Billy did. But unfortunately, he didn't follow up on it. But he went over and he got a pipe. He ripped a pipe off the top of the wall. And when George came over the roof, he smacked him right in the face with it. He lost the rifle, fell down to the ground into the mud. So, of course, he's not going to die from that fall because he fell into the mud. I'm sure it hurt if you weren't possessed by a 17th century preacher guy who tortured Native Americans. But... True. Still. Now, I don't know why Billy got rid of the pipe. That's my yeah. question. I never know why. Why would you get rid of the right. weapon? People do that all the fucking time. I don't understand why. <laughs> why wouldn't you have your weapon with you all the time? But so they make it down. There's little things where like Michael is too afraid to jump and all this bullshit. But they, they make and it to the ground. Wasting time. Yeah, yeah. And of course, George comes to. Now, he doesn't have the rifle anymore, though, because he lost that, you know, on the roof. But he gets the axe. So now he's got the axe and he's chasing around. He throws Billy up against the wall, points the axe at him. Now, it doesn't point the axe with the blade at him. 
to be, I guess, badass. I don't know what. So he points the axe at him. He's about to chop Billy, and he sees Billy's face flicker into demon again. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he, he's going to want to do this. Now, I don't know why. I guess Billy's afraid and everything, but I don't know why Billy wouldn't be like, fuck you. Fuck you, George. I like my father better. Like, whatever. Right. Why shut your mouth now? Why right. not? Why You're not continue? Die. You might as well put some pock shots in. Exactly. Well, now Kathy gets the rifle, and Kathy's got it pointed now at the back of Ryan Reynolds' head. So Billy doesn't go shoot, mom. <laughs> shoot, like you would think. You would think that's what what he would do. Instead, Ryan Reynolds does the very cliched horror thing where he turns around slowly and puts the gun barrel to his forehead and basically gives her the option to shoot him. Right. Now she does and she goes, "Ah!" Oh! <laughs> like she can't shoot him. So then he just goes back to, "Okay, I'm just going to I'm going to kill Billy then." So he Yeah, gets, and why Billy didn't run away at this point? I think he's just he's a 13-year-old kid who's stunned, I guess. But you would think that your animal instincts would kind of run away. Yeah, it would be something there. So Kathy can't do it, but then she realizes, hey, he's going to chop my boy into pieces. So she turns the butt of the gun and hits him in the face with it. So he falls down to the ground. They run away. Now he hallucinates getting up and axing Kathy in the stomach. Right. And you know it's a hallucination because it's kind of, he starts to flash back to the montage video again. Which I guess is the only time they've ever had a good time together. Apparently. That's the only, the only thing he ever flashes back to. He yells to Kathy, kill me or I'm going to kill you. They want him to say it in a better way than that, but it comes across as still evil. You know, they're trying for a shining moment. They're trying for right. at the end of The Shining where he's like, hey, I'm doing it. You got to stop me. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. That's what that he's like. moment of clarity. But it's still coming off as evil here. Right. So she goes, no one's going to die today. And she hits him over the face again. Another thing, and we didn't mention this. They have a stupid sign out front of their house that says high hopes. I forgot to mention, you see it twice. And I guess that's just supposed to be a funny thing. Oh, ha, ha. It says high hopes here for a terrible house, I guess. So somehow they tie him up. Now, I'm not sure which one of them is the Boy Scout, but somehow they tie him up well enough that he's not getting out of that shit. And they drag him to the boat. They get him on the boat. While he's, well, right before he's about to get on the boat, he flashes to every bad thing that has happened in the house, even things that he shouldn't know about. Right. It, and he's like kind of convulsing. And for once, Billy says maybe the smartest thing he's ever said, which is, why are we taking him with us? Yeah. Why, why are we doing Why are we wasting our time? <laughs> right. And Kathy goes, no one's dying today. We're getting him away from this house. So they dump him into the boat. All of a sudden, nice skies are ahead. The rain has stopped. Literally just coming out of the boathouse. All, everything's good. And they travel, who knows, 100 yards away, 200 yards away. I don't know what it is. They stop the boat. George kind of convulses out of his fit, basically. Like he kind of almost wakes up is probably the best way to put it. And yeah. they're all just looking at him. All four of them. Just looking at him. And then he goes, Kathy. And then they look at the house. And he goes, Kathy, don't look. She drives off. And there's a little subtitle at the end or something that says, after 28 days, the Lutz family left and never returned for their possessions. And that's mm-hmm. the same way that the original movie ended as well. By the way, they did send people back for their possessions. 
So don't think that he just left them and we're like, oh, right. we don't care. You know, they got people to get their possessions back. Yeah, and those people. We're not going back. Right. Right. And those people never said there was anything wrong with the house or whatever. Right. Now, that's not the end of this movie, though. The end of this movie is going back to the house as they drive away on the boat. And you see right, right at the front of the house, you see Dick Ghost Jody, who you haven't seen for a while. She's there with her dumb bullet wound, and she's looking all sad. And she, her face flickers, and she screams, and it sets the clock back to 3.15. All the furniture goes back. All the nails and screws come out of the windowsills. Everything basically goes back to normal in the house. And then you see a single tear run down her face. And then as she's holding the stupid teddy bear, you see hands come up and grab her down. And the bear falls onto the ground. And that is the end. Now, if a ghost can cry, it can maybe try to help people, I would think. But instead, it's a selfish ghost who wants her to die or wants the people to die with her so that she can have people in the afterlife with her. Right. Play with her forever. Which is similar to other movies. Other movies have done that before. Right. If you remember, well, there was a Goosebumps book that had the same thing. There was the, the first season of American Horror Story. Now, I don't think a lot of movies and TV shows do the haunted house thing very well. I think the only one that did it very well recently was American Horror Story. I would recommend that series for people. I don't like horror movies. What are you going to do for the rest of the month? <laughs> We're doing yeah, but movies. all those I can tolerate for this. Oh, I don't you don't like it when they're well written and... <laughs> <laughs> kind of stuff. Eh, they just it's not a genre that like does anything for me i'm like eh. gotcha well what did you think overall of this movie without knowing the background of without having seen the first movie it's an okay movie um i honestly don't think i mean the only reason ryan reynolds was cast in this movie was pretty much so girls would go see it with their boyfriends yes he does he's not a good cast for for george whatsoever he's not somebody i would have put in that position who plays that level well I mean, I thought he did an okay job. I wouldn't put it down. I think there were only a couple scenes where I thought the acting was poor. Well, I feel like he, he's going to give you the nice guy thing when he's put into that role because it's easy for him. But to have that turn and be a dick, it's not really believable. Like you almost, I don't know, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to explain because it, he came off more stoned and like just like a shit, like a stoned shithead versus like an actual possession taken over and turning, like seeing that flipped side. Huh. I did not get that. I did not get that, but that's why we have our personal opinions on things. Yay! (laughs) Now, I guess the question would be, would you recommend this movie to people? It's a good background movie for if you're having people over for Halloween. I wouldn't, you know, clear my schedule and make popcorn and sit there and watch it for an evening, but if it's a background horror movie for a Halloween party, yeah, it's fine. There are way, way, way better horror movies. I'm not even saying watch the original because even though the original had some very famous people that went on to win awards for things and, you know, I don't think it was that great either. But I also don't care about haunted house movies most of the time. I just think this movie was back when I used to watch any film that Dimension made. Because, you know, like they would put out, they used to be Blumhouse or whatever you call it. Whatever you call right, that, com- right. you know that one that's making all the purges, all the all the paranormal activities. Dimension used to be that company, basically, where they would put out every horror movie style. Right. 
that was their yeah what they were known for. Right. So for me, if it said dimension on it, I was going. To, I was a young dumb kid. Like I was just like, hey, I'm going to see this no matter what. That was unfortunate. I would say look up the two scenes that I talked about on YouTube. But for a little while at least, this movie is on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, oh, yeah. go ahead, put it in the background. I wouldn't rent this movie. I wouldn't pay for this movie. I wouldn't do any of that kind of thing. But to see those two scenes, it's pretty funny. And just know that it is very graphic. And if you are watching this with someone who does not like horror movies, they are not going to like this and they are probably going to make you turn it off. Because it yeah. is graphic, it is gory, there's just no nudity. That was the only thing they were missing on it. Yeah, it didn't. that didn't even out like it normally does in a horror movie. But yeah, pretty much. Yep. So there you go. I would, I would say I don't recommend this. We'll tell you guys what the next movie will be soon. But until then, Kelly, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, you can always follow me on Instagram at Nerdy Girl Ivy and as well as Facebook at Nerdy Girl Ivy. Thank you very much. And you can continue to listen. I'd like to thank everyone out there. Thank you, all of you haters, for enjoying the show. Ow! Love it. Yes, keep on, keep on listening. Much appreciated. Merchandise to come. If you can, yes, absolutely. If you can, please take the time and go to iTunes and rate, subscribe, and share. Preferably five stars if you enjoy what you've been listening to. It really, really helps. It really does. I know it's surprising, but it does. So thank you very much for that. You can hear us on Google Play Music, Stitcher, all your favorite podcast listening apps. You can also get every single episode on ianhates.com. You can stream and download there where I also have Ian Hates Music. We have tons of amazing guests coming up. Really big surprise ones, too. And then Ian Hates Love is coming soon. Trust me, everyone. It's coming soon. You can interact with me on Twitter and Instagram, Ian Hates Podcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Ian Hates. And you can email me, ianhates at gmail.com. So hopefully everyone's enjoying the shows. We love all of our haters out there. And yeah, I think we're good. So Kelly, do you have any final words? No. <laughs> you like that build up? I was trying and there was nothing. Heard that one yeah. before. Oh. Oh. Well, I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. Now hold it steady, because if you get shaky, I get shaky. Go! Are you crying? Why, why are you crying? I wasn't so bad. Pick up another lung. Hurry up, pick up another lung. Hurry up. Put your hands up there. Put your hands up there. Put your... We're friends. We're having fun, right? <laughs>